to We Are Already Free, the podcast helping free people and down-to-earth seekers to live their truth and be the change. If you are tired of exhausting yourself by fighting against what you don't want, if you are ready to spend your one precious life growing a more beautiful world with the people you love, then you are in the right place. In this episode, do you often feel like you're fighting to survive rather than flowing to thrive? Today's guest, Sufi, is a powerhouse of surrender, a goddess of expansion, a mother, an enchantress, and an enthusiastic servant to her king. Her upcoming course, Human, begins on the 1st of the 1st, 2023, and it's a sovereign woman's journey into her root chakra. Sufi's voice alone, the sound of it, was enough to calm a deep part of my restless being, and I hope it does the same for you. Her message is clearly transmitted by the lived experiences she embodies. Her dedication as a mother, wife, and human offer a vastly more valuable narrative than the one our society defaults to, a narrative of what it really means to be human. If you didn't know it yet, the stories we tell ourselves and the stories that we let in from the outside absolutely shape the quality and the experience of our lives. Sufi's stories are narratives worth inserting into your being. Listen on to absorb what is needed to surrender into an abundant and flowing life, why it's not always about what you prefer, but about expanding the capacity to receive whatever life is bringing you, how our society is feminizing men and why we need more masculine men. Near the end, Sufi shares the greatest gift that any community or village, as she says, can give to a woman. And that is a part of her birth story, which she has never shared anywhere in full before. And it's profoundly inspiring, profoundly hopeful, and gave me a real sense of the kind of world that I want to be a part of living in and creating and growing together. I'm your host, Nathan Maingard, and as a sane person in an insane society, I nearly destroyed myself trying to fit the mold that that society simply calls being a good citizen. Now I dedicate myself to helping awakening people like me through things like breathwork, empowering stories and narratives, ice baths, inner life skills coaching, and really whatever anyone needs to remember that they are already free. To learn more about Human, Sufi's beautiful course for women, which is a deep dive into the grounded beauty of the Muladhara Chakra, which launches on the 1st of the 1st, please visit alreadyfree.me forward slash human also linked in the show notes. In her course, you will explore things like containment, birth, human bodies, nourishment, attachment, parenting, developmental psychology, fear, famine, family life, magic, trust, provision, the masculine, rituals, starvation, sex, safety, predators, the psyche, burial, the bones, belief systems, coming home, and overall just go on an intimate journey into the foundation of your being. I'm honored to share that I am an affiliate of Sufi's course, Human, and at no extra cost to you, when you purchase this course, you are supporting yourself, Sufi, and me all at the same time, as well as, of course, all your relations who will benefit from the transformation you experience through this course. There is so much beautiful and powerful information about the course on the page itself, so just go to alreadyfree.me slash human to, to go and, and feel if there is a resonance for you. One more thing before we start. We had some wild internet challenges in this episode, so thank you to Sufi for being so patient. I've done my best to edit for smoothness and clarity. Anything that jumps around or doesn't feel completely fluid is the result of lost connection. Uh, just feel the vibe, breathe into it. It's all there and it will guide you home. So now please enjoy this uninterrupted, powerful, flowing, heart-opening conversation with precious Sufi. Yeah, so my intention for this really is just to allow the free flow of whatever wants to come through. I, I've left it as plan free as I was brave enough to because I just have this feeling that mm. I don't really want to think about this. So with mm. that being said, let's just take a few breaths and see what lands.
full body goosebumps right now. This is amazing. I should do this all the time. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The breath is such a powerful vehicle. <laughs> Truly. I know learning, learning that the word spirit, the root of the word spirit means to breathe, kind of connected something mm. deeply for me. That's so beautiful. I'm very interested to hear what is going on in your life right now because I feel like you have been kind of exploding with some kind of mm. juicy, good vibe, life is amazingness. And I don't know, whatever <laughs> comes up for you when I when I open that door, like what is going on? Oh my gosh. I I just got married. <laughs> I got married a few days ago and it was one of the most extraordinary days of my life. And I never, I never even thought I wanted to be married. You know, like if you asked me a few years ago, I would have been like, I don't believe in marriage <laughs> whatsoever. And just the level of surrender that this wedding gave me opened my eyes and my heart to like a whole new portal of what's possible for me. And for me, what this was, was my deepest receptivity and ability to have. And so this entire wedding was a gift to me from my village. Like I didn't do a single thing. My best friend took it and gathered all these girls, like my best girlfriends, and they planned out every single detail for me down to what I was wearing. <laughs> and it was exquisite, extraordinary, like to be able to walk into one of the biggest days of my entire life, not knowing at all what would happen not having any control and yet being so fully surrendered to it. It was a dream. <laughs> it really was like a dream. And just to know that I can come that deeply into my feminine, into my surrender, into my deepest devotion, so taken care of, was really an extraordinary gift. That is very cool. I'm so curious. There's there's something in this that that almost shines a light on a part of me that I don't that I'm that I feel a bit scared of looking at, which is that I feel like for most of my life I have been fighting to survive and mm. fighting to not to not not have enough. You know, like it's like so many mm. negatives, and. Um, I'm just hearing you and feeling you and and there's a part of me that goes, what is it that is necessary to be able to surrender into a life that is abundant and flowing and yeah, yeah, that's it really. <laughs> so I think so much of this is in building and also allowing ourselves to have because the universe in and within itself is abundance. Everything is here for us. And even within our own lives, often we have access to this current of devotion or this current of love or pleasure or whatever it is that we desire in our lives. But we haven't fully come on board with our ability to have it's like we don't believe we are safe enough to have the thing that we most desire. And so we protect ourselves from the depth of that havingness. Because it's a very scary thing. It's so vulnerable to open yourself why enough to receive what the universe 
wants to bestow upon you, right? What life is like here, like when I come into my feminine and into my true embodiment of self, it's not always about what I prefer to have. (laughs) Because oftentimes life will give you things that may be wildly out of your preference. But what it is, is the true surrender and the true devotion and the true commitment to that having of whatever it is that life, the cosmic cock, desires to seed in me. And I am a fertile and open receptacle to that divine penetration. And that's a very vulnerable place to be. That's a very vulnerable place to be. And so for most women, I speak from, for, you know, from the perspective of a woman, we've built up so many layers of protection, of defense, and we become so hardened to life that life is like trying to give us what we desire. And yet we are so resistant to what is truly there for us. And I felt this too, 100%, even in my relationship for so many years. Dave was always there, always loyal, always like this deeply devoted, grounded, masculine presence in my life. And I fought him. And I was like, no, like I would not let him lead. And I would not let him be the man and I would not surrender my control. And so there was so many years of me struggling to have what I already had, (laughs) what I already had. And so what I really learned over the past few years is how to soften and let that in and build my capacity to have the things that I already have, (laughs) but to really, really deeply let them in. And, and that's okay, right? Like sometimes these things take time. And oftentimes it's good to let them take time. Building capacity is a slow and really delicious journey. We're not meant to just have <laughs> capacity immediately, right? It's like something we build within ourselves, And the more we hold and listen to our bodies and ask, like, how much is within me? And how much, ooh, like, what's the word? Where am I right now with this? Like, how satiated am I? And then to feel that fullness of our being and that havingness. And then to let that nourish us so deeply. And I was talking to one of my dear friends about this the other day because she has this tendency to spill, to overgive. Like even if I give her a compliment, she'll like immediately give me one back times a thousand. And I was saying to her, like, because I love her so dearly, I was like, you are not allowed to give me a compliment back. (laughs) Like, just hold it in, right? Just like, if, and this is a rightful holding. Like, this havingness is such a rightful having. Just like when the rain waters a plant, you're meant to um, soak it all up through your roots and into your body as the plant and grow from that rain. And then the excess, the extra, you let go back to the earth. But if you were to say, like, the rain comes down and I cannot have any of that water and it just needs to spill into the earth again, 
then you're not actually having or holding the trueness of what you are meant to have and hold. And so as a plant, (laughs) as a human, it's like you grow, like you take in what is given to you and you grow. And through your growing and your becoming and your blossoming, that's how you give back to the earth and to the other, to your beloved and to your village. It's not by depriving yourself. And so our work is to claim and own and have that deep worthiness that allows us to fully receive and hold and have that which is meant to be ours. You were saying earlier about capacity and when I I relate that to, and I actually really like that term, I relate it to responsibility but capacity is a bit more accurate in a way because so responsibility being the ability to respond and Mm -hmm. what gives me the ability to respond is my capacity. And then that links into me with doing things like, for example, doing my regular ice baths, which are literally forming brown fat in my body, which is rich in mitochondria. And mitochondria is the energy storage of my body, which is storing sun energy. So the more I do this uncomfortable thing, the more my capacity to be light, to express light is raised through that challenging expansion. And then I have more capacity. Fuck. Yes. A hundred percent. That is so beautiful. (laughs) I love that. I love that like very detailed, beautiful explanation. (laughs) That was, that was exactly it. Yeah. And for us to go into those deeply uncomfortable spaces and welcome it because the more we're able to hold all of it and it's not just holding the bad, (laughs) like the, you know, in quotes, bad, but like the uncomfortable, but also holding the beauty, the immense beauty and the immense generosity and the immense abundance that is meant for us. So all of that is building capacity and we need to expand ourselves in all directions. Yeah, I've noticed I recently, because I've been so consistent with my sort of uncomfortable practice, the ice baths, which is also <laughs> a joy practice. I mean, the the dopamine, the feeling of, of just bliss that I get through it, but it is very physically uncomfortable. I was doing that and then I was uh, practicing self-pleasuring a few weeks ago and was mm. was edging. So really playing with that edge of orgasm because for me as a man, if I come, obviously that's my energy. That is my that is a huge load of energy that then I let go of. And there's a responsibility in that. And at times, and often I still am not as responsible with that as I'd like to be. And it was amazing because while I was in the process of that experience, I realized, oh, wow, life is about expanding my capacity for discomfort and also expanding my boundaries around pleasure in a way. Like, so there's, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. consciously experience discomfort and consciously contain or yeah if that's the word at least in the experience I was having contain pleasure basically so that so that I'm not spilling over in a way that is well it's climactic but then it's exhausted as well it's I've I've literally released the entire battery that I am in one explosive experience where I could actually nurture that and just like run that energy internally until I'm just shining like the sun. And so there's that balance between discomfort and pleasure and finding out how to play with them. (laughs) I love that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Because we need that to, to be able to contain the pleasure source in our bodies is one of the greatest pieces of nourishment that we can ever give ourselves. And that's a beautiful thing you just expressed, like that deep pleasure, like the feminine quality of pleasure to hold it and have it in your body so that it becomes part of you, so that it fuels you and nourishes you. And you're not forever like seeking it from the external too. Beautiful. 
Well, I'd love to hear around this story of feminine and masculine. I, I've seen the way you've been sharing on Instagram recently, and there's the sense that you really have surrendered. I think you, you use the word to your king. And mm. I'll just preface this with my own, you know, for me, I basically leaned, I have leaned into the feminine for most of my life because I was terrified of the masculine. I, I felt unsafe in the masculine and, and, and hence I've, I have had struggles most of my life with finances and I've generally relied on women, either mother, grandmother, family, like whoever, lover for, to lean into and get abundance through the feminine. And this is a process I'm in the, I'm currently navigating in terms of like, okay, that I don't, doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve anyone. I, I, and I'm, I've been really giving a lot of energy and love to the warrior energy of myself, the, the action, mm. the energy of action, the energy of consistency, the energy of, of internal power and internal sort of honor. And what I'm realizing now is that the next piece that's calling me, and I think I've kind of reached a, almost one of the scariest things for me is the, is the energy of the king, of the leader, mm. of the one who's willing to stand in full power, full boundary, and be like, this is how it needs to be. And then the warrior mm. takes action in that direction. And so when I hear you speak about surrendering to your king, there's, I guess what it brings up for me, it, I acknowledge this um, almost with a little bit of embarrassment. It's like, that's kind of scary to me. The thought of my woman fully surrendering to me is like, fuck, I don't know if I'm responsible enough for that. <laughs> so so I just honoring where I am in the journey right now and would love to hear what, what that's been like and what that is like for you. Mm, such a beautiful question. Thank you. So I love what you just shared because I had almost an opposite experience where I've always been very much in my masculine. Like from a young age, I was taught how to achieve. And so I always had this almost like extreme masculine driven <laughs> um, vision, like one focused vision towards success. And so it took me a lot of time to rebalance too. And so it's so beautiful to honor where you are on the journey. And I think actually for a lot of men, um, our society has almost made it, has almost demonized the masculine, like the most masculine parts of a man. And so men are, are almost taught from a very young age to shut those pieces of themselves down we feminize our men and we tell young boys not to um, like not to be and learn how to leadership right like it's almost but it's not like find your masculine energy it's like that is wrong it's just shut down like all aggression like all um, displays of primal behavior are looked down upon and, uh, and feared. So for many men, in order to find, um, what's the word? It's like in order to be accepted by the feminine, they had to shut those aspects of themselves down. And so they actually mm, like found belonging through that. So it's a, it's a really um, tender place to be to reclaim all of these aspects of self that are so demonized by society. And it's very scary, <laughs> right? To like stand in your power despite what everyone else is telling you to do or be. And so I think it's, gorgeous to start coming into this realization and awareness and acceptance of your your deepest inner masculine and this relates because it's like the opposite as women as women have risen in this um in the age of feminism and all of these uh shifting gender balances women are actually taught to be much more masculine. And we're taught that we don't need a man, that we need to be able to stand up for ourselves, that we need to be able to protect and provide and do all the things that a man can do 
and it's exhausting. <laughs> like we've been taught that we don't need each other. When women are innately very interconnected and interdependent and have this desire to be in relationship with the other. And so I've noticed in myself, like, I found a man, like for me personally, I found a man and I was telling David the other day, I was like, you know what was different about you and all the other men I ever dated is that most men talk about being a man and he just is a man. <laughs> like he is so grounded and rooted. He never talked like he and we were having this conversation because um, there are a few polarity teachers that I've been um, exploring their work. And I'm just like, I don't like they talk about all these beautiful things. But then when you look at their relationships, they're not even in relationships <laughs> or they're not even like there's no um, like they talk about integrity, but there isn't true integrity. They're not practicing what they preach. Whereas David doesn't ever talk about integrity. He just is that. <laughs> like he's not out there teaching and preaching on like being a man. He just is a man. And every single thing he's ever said to me, he has kept true. The way he shows up is just so wholesome and so grounded and he's so loyal and so committed in a way that just like inspired me to become a woman that is deserving of that is truly worthy of that and so he he has been my greatest teacher in just the in just his essence it's hard to explain because it's it's not something that I could even put a word to, but it's like when I met him from day one, he just made me feel so safe. Like he was just so solid. Everything he ever said to me came true. <laughs> like if he said he would do something, he would do it. No questions asked and so that like over time because I actually came to him very broken <laughs> and I had just been out of many heartbreaks and I had many descents before him into the underworld where I was always in these highly polarized very um, erotic relationships but most of them were with the shadow king and so I've always been with men who are very, very potent and powerful, but in the underworld. Whereas David is like a top side king. He's a true, like firmly grounded, morally intact man who demonstrated to me that kingship and because of his integrity and his leadership and his devotion to me and to our family I finally came to my knees before him I finally came to my knees and not because I was forced to and that's the difference, is that he has never tried to control me. He has never even asked me to come to my knees in devotion to him. But because of who he is, he commanded my worship in full sovereign choice. In full sovereign choice. And that's the biggest difference between this relationship and anything else I've ever been in. It's because I was never, ever, ever. And, and 
let me just say this. I've had some women write to me and say, like, when you say submitting to a man, how do I say this? It's like they think that I am betraying the feminine by submitting to a man because the feminine is meant to be in her fullness. But I am not smalling myself to submit to him. And that's the biggest difference, is there's no part of me that is becoming smaller by surrendering to him. It's actually in my fullness, the fullness of my expression and the fullness of my radiance and the fullness of my devotion that I surrender to him. And so in my surrender to him, I actually become bigger. (laughs) As a woman, I come deeper into intimacy with my femininity, with my greatest feminine essence. I'm very inspired. I feel like you are, you're giving me a roadmap in a way, or you're adding to the roadmap I already have. Because when I think of Kylie and I think of the journey we've walked for the last almost seven years, I mm-hmm. was so unstable when we met. <laughs> and, and in fact, we both were looking for a different way of relating. And we've been really good teachers for each other through the shadow realms, through the, oh, wow, that's like coming up intensely. That feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Do I want to actually transform now? Or do I want to run away? And so far, we've chosen to stay and transform. And mm-hmm. I, what I get hearing from you is like, it just kind of inspires me to continue practicing my kingship, practicing my warrior, mm-hmm. practicing my embodiment of these various archetypes. And trusting that through that, that's actually the only way that I get to inspire the full blossoming of her queenship is through just owning that shit myself. Oh my God. Full body chills. (laughs) This makes me so happy. Yes, yes, yes. This is such important work. And hearing you say that just like filled my heart with so much joy. Because it really is, um, it's not something you can do alone. It's not something you can do alone. And you can never expect the other to go further than where you are able to go yourself. Right? And that's the beauty of relating is that it is a journey that we go on together. And how extraordinary to be able to notice how you've been playing in the shadow realms and be like okay we're gonna bring this to the top side world now we're gonna bring this up into the light together and we don't have to go any faster than we are capable of Right? You just take it one step at a time, slowly and together, hand in hand. You walk as a shadow king and shadow queen out into the fullness and the effervescence of your true king and true queen. And that is so, so gorgeous. I love that. And in fact, I think that's even more potent than any of the almost like fantastical or fairy tale like stories that you hear because a lot of people have this expectation that you meet someone and then it's just perfect like it's just supposed to be perfect or there's like some sort of like desire for that fantastical reality Mm. and people will project that on me often they'll just be like oh like everything you have it was just so easy (laughs) like this idea of oh it was just like perfect you just met and he was perfect and so (laughs) and so then you have that and it's like not at all it's like his kingship that inspired me to come into my queenship 
but also my blossoming that inspired him to rise even higher into his leadership and his integrity and the fullness of his masculinity. Like there was a lot he was holding back when he first met me. And there was a lot I was hiding away from him. And so it's through my revealing and coming into my yearning for what's true within me that inspired him to offer that to me as well. It's not perfect. It doesn't have to be. We're humans walking an imperfect but intentional journey towards a deeply satisfying life. I think often of the story for me, and I know this has been spoken in many cultures, but I didn't really get this from anywhere other than just sitting and watching the sunrise enough times and praying Mm -hmm. at that time. And I noticed how the sun to me became the perfect example of the divine seed bearer of the masculine, the one who plants the seeds. And I realized the sun is entirely unapologetic in his shining. Like he doesn't ask, mm-hmm. is this too much? He's just like, here is the seed. Here is the the, the spark of life. What are you going to do with it? And then the earth is like, she goes, well, here's a desert and here's a rainforest and here's an ocean and here's a mountain and here's a river and, and all these things. And they all happen. And the sun just goes like, cool, sweetheart, you keep on going. I'm just going to keep shining. You just keep doing your thing. And it's like that level of trust that to me, as I continued to pray to those, to the father and the mother and witnessing their collaboration it gives me more and more of sen- more and more and more of a sense of what I want to embody as a man in this life, and what I intend to support or what I intend to serve, which is that the mother can just make life in all its varied forms, and I don't get to choose whether that's a desert or a rainforest. I just get to shine. Wow, that was the most beautiful analogy. Wow. I'm going to just take that in. (laughs) That is such a stunning example of how the masculine and the feminine relate to each other. Yeah. Because the son just gives. He just gives through the nature of his being, not through any sort of effort. But just through the nature of his being, he gives and the earth receives. And in her wild, ecstatic dance of creation, she brings him all the full expression of life. The full expression of life. And he just watches her. (laughs) Watches her and beams. Wow, so beautiful. (sighs) So I'd like to move into, and it kind of feels like a, a good progression in terms of creation, the seed, the womb, creation, the birth. And I would love to hear as much as you feel to share or whatever direction you want to take us in, but I... You shared with me that your birth, your wild birth and your postpartum, that that was a really powerful experience. And it sounds like it was kind of a part of everything we've been talking about. And I would just be honored to hear, you know, what that experience has been for you and what it continues to be. Yes. Oh, I would love to share. Thank you. (sighs) So this happened four and a half years ago, almost five years ago. And I feel like I finally integrated it. <laughs> it takes it takes some time, you know, to fully integrate and to to be ready to share because I think at the beginning I was almost scared to share because my story was so beautiful that sometimes people see beautiful things and they feel almost um I mean triggered if there's a different word for it, but it's like it brings up what is not there yet within them. So I just want to say that everything I have is available to everyone. 
out here in the world. And I think that is also actually a beautiful reflection of this idea that we're already free. Because everything I have is available. And I didn't always have the things that I have, even though it was available to me. So I just wanted to preface that. <laughs> Tavi's birth was absolutely extraordinary. We birthed her at home in our bedroom. And it was the most beautiful, expansive experience of my life. There was so much pleasure and so much pain. And they wove together exactly the way they were meant to weave together. David and I conceived two weeks after I moved in. <laughs> so it was very, very fast for both of us. But I remember the day we found out we had just come home from Tulum, um, Mexico. And I knew I was pregnant. I had dreams. I started having all these dreams that I was pregnant with him. But the day we like confirmed it, <laughs> I just remember like weeping in his arms, just these tears of pure joy. And he cried and cried and cried with me. This is actually the only time I've ever seen David cry in my life. <laughs> but it was just such, so much love went into the creation of this baby. And during my pregnancy, he held me completely. And this is one of the most beautiful gifts that he ever gave me. I did not work a minute of that pregnancy. I was making a child. That was my job. And so for nine months, my job was to fully nourish myself, to rest, to go on a spiritual journey with all the pieces that I needed to complete as a maiden, before initiating into becoming a mother. And David held me through this. He nourished me in every way. He gave me the container where I could be completely free of any obligation, any stress, just to be growing a baby within me. And I think this is one of the most precious gifts I've ever been given. To have those, that was the first time in my life also that I had not worked. Because I had always been striving. And so I had that chapter of my life, the significant period of my life, to go so deep within and prepare myself for becoming a mother. And I feel like this is so important to mention because a lot of times pregnancy isn't even valued as part of motherhood. And women are still struggling and striving to do all the other things when they are in fact growing a baby. <laughs> within. And so I think this is what Dave gave me, that this is my only job, the knowledge and the knowing that this is my only job, to take care of myself and deeply nourish myself so that I could become the most full, fully nourished, fully devoted mother to our baby. He gave that to me from day one. And it was not always, you know, I came with a lot of um, ideas. 
about birthing and what I desired. And it wasn't always easy for him because he wasn't used to the world that I was in. And so home birth, like these ideas of home birth um, or elimination communication or um, no vaccines, <laughs> all of these things were like very new to him. And he didn't, you know, know much about them or think much about them prior to me. And so I remember when um, he started telling his friends that we were going to have a home birth and everyone around him was like, that's so irresponsible. That's like, <laughs> right? So it's like for him to be able to hold the judgment of everyone around him and still provide for me such a safe container of support was huge, huge. And not everybody can do that. But because of his love for me and his desire for me to have what I desired, he held that container of safety and unconditional support for me and what I wished for with our baby. So this was a really beautiful experience because I remember we went to one doctor visit, like the first one, because I was like, well, we can always try both because I am very open to kind of the full spectrum of experience. And we went to one um, OB-GYN appointment and we went to one midwife appointment and Dave was with me for both. And I'm laughing because he he was the one that was like, we don't ever need to go to the doctor again. <laughs> you know, he just felt like the quality of care, the difference, you know, in going in, having someone look at you for five minutes and tell you that you need a flu shot versus being welcomed into someone's home and serve tea with other mothers who are in there breastfeeding their babies. And I had the most extraordinary medicine woman who supported me, surrounded me and circled me through my birth. Like Tavi was born within a circle of extraordinarily powerful, medicine woman and they were not doing anything to me they just sat in a circle around me and prayed and meditated and held the space for me to be in the fullness of my experience in the fullness of my pleasure my ecstasy and the fullness of my excruciating pain and they just witnessed and I remember like as I was laboring just looking around at my midwives medicine women they're unlicensed so whatever you want to call them <laughs> but they were just sitting there eyes closed meditating David was sitting there, eyes closed, arms around me. And it was perfect in every way. I honestly couldn't have asked for a more beautiful birth. And it's because they allowed me to come fully into my feminine. There was no interference whatsoever. They trusted me. They held me. They supported me. And my body surrendered to the experience. And I think that's the greatest gift any village can give to a woman. is to hold her so that she can come into the fullness of her experience. And I was able to do my job, my job, which was to bond with my baby and to love 
and hold her and nourish her from my milk that was overflowing because I was so well nourished. And so we all play a part in this cycle of life, in the way nature designed for us to birth and to die and to live every moment between that through our life, our aliveness in our life. And I was given that. That was a gift from my village. Who could securely and lovingly attach to me with no fear of any harm coming her way. And so the relationship I have with my daughter today is 100% because I was given that. Because of the village that held me and the man who held me through it all. For six weeks after that, I didn't leave the bed. Every meal was brought up to me. David hand-fed me (laughs) as I held our baby. And my mother cooked the most delicious, nourishing, traditional Chinese herbal soups and medicines to heal my body postpartum. And I had nothing to do and nowhere to be. I just laid in my bed with my baby and Bear held me. He held me and loved me and I loved her and I loved our family. And that was how our family was seeded. And so today, my daughter is five, almost five, in about a month and a half. (laughs) And we still have the most beautiful relationship I could ever ask for. She is so sweet and full of life. And when you look at her, she's just this walking embodiment of joy and pleasure. She really is. She just knows she is worthy of all that life has to give her. And she's so filled with joy all day long. And not, I was looking at her this morning, like before the podcast, I told her I was, you know, I had this today. And she just said, okay, mommy. And she kissed me and she went into the living room and she sat there just so happy. You know, she's just happy to be in her body And she's just painting there. She sits there painting. And as she's painting, her little body is vibrating. And she's singing. She's always singing. Like just little songs are coming out of her mouth. And her little body is just dancing. And it doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter what's happening. She just has this like emanation of joy. This this life within her. And I'm like, wow, that is what a child is meant to be, right? Like just this this lovely energy, just this lovely energy. And so I, I have this like experience of her that in a way like pulls me away from society because I never had any of the quote-unquote problems that mamas are going through with their children because we never had that breaking of our bonds. We never had all these traumas that then we had to repair. We were able to just birth her in a whole way and keep that bond. I was never away from her. I didn't leave her side once until she was over three years old. And that's like the first time I left her for like an hour, you know? And it it was just so, but it wasn't 
Um, but I never felt like I wanted to be away from her. There was no escaping. Like, I just felt so much joy and delight in being her mother and being held so that I could be her mother. And still to this day, like every single day I wake up and I'm like, wow, I get to live my life <laughs> today. I get to go into this world where I am so deeply loved and cherished by everyone that I encounter. All the most important relationships in my life are so filled with love and honoring. And that is such a gift. <laughs> and I receive that gift. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I just had a conversation with, well, just a podcast episode coming out at the time of that you and I are recording this one um, mm. with the holistic psychologist, Nicole LaPera. And, mm. and actually all the information that's coming to me now is that so much or the entire story we're living right now as a society is this idea of children before the age of six not not having the capacity to actually regulate their own nervous systems and that we live in a society that doesn't support that parenting in general doesn't support doesn't hold a container that allows a child to learn how to effectively manage and regulate their own nervous systems through the support of the people the adults around them regulating their own nervous systems and so when i hear your story this is at the opposite end of that spectrum, which is that your daughter, through your own regulation, through the regulation of your beloved bear, through your friends, through having a village, that your daughter's nervous system, she is learning what it means to have live in a container that is supporting her own development so that when she meets life as an adult, when she meets life as an independent human, she'd be like, I know what it feels like to handle to, to regulate through different experiences. Mm. So thank you for giving me a story and a narrative that is the one that I choose to believe in for all of us, for humanity. Oh, I'm smiling so big right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we all have this available to us. We all have this available to us. And I'm so, so grateful you mentioned that because it really is like everything we are begins between those ages. From the womb into the first seven years of your life. Those are the most important ages of development. And then you spend the rest of your life basically trying to heal all that shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Whatever <exactly>. happened then. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew that. And that's what I've been teaching for a long time through the study of the chakras. Is how everything forms in those early years. And so that was my life mission. My ultimate life mission. To give this one human being what she needed during those first seven years of her life. That's why she has been my priority because I know that she's come to literally change the world, to lead a revolution, not by any doingness of what she has to do, but just by her essence and I see that like how her essence just is so deeply felt by everyone around her by everyone around her and she's the reason that I've come so far in my life and that we are wed today and that we found 
our devotion to each other and our family. It's for her and because of her. And so this is the beautiful cycle of life. It's cyclic. You cannot give, truly give, without receiving and having. And every ounce of love I've poured into my daughter has come back to me a thousandfold. A thousandfold. Every day, her love is so big. And it inspires me. I'm like, I want to be like Tavi when I grow up. Because <laughs> she's so free and so loving and so enchanting. Like she just has this innocence around her that's so, so beautiful. And it moves me every day. I'm like, oh, my God, I want to be like that. Well, let me ask, uh, if I may, just a final question as we come to the end of this conversation. And the question is one I always ask the lovely guests who gift me with their presence on this podcast. And the question is, when you hear the words, we are already free, what comes up for you? A deep resonance. A deep resonance. Because we are. And all it takes for us is to commit to that right like i feel like this is the gift of the masculine is this single pointed devotion and if you are willing to embody not just to say not to preach not to go out and profess to everyone but if you are willing to embody that in your every action then you are and I see this in Tavi because she just already is. And then I know that because she is, I can be that too. I've already seen the possibility. And so for me, in every moment of my life, I'm asking, in what way am I chaining myself? And in what way am I already free? And then I choose. I choose. I gift the world with my freedom, my loving devotion, and my sovereign choice to be the woman and the human I am today. And we all have that choice. We all have that choice. Well, thank you, Sufi, for, for the gift of this conversation for trusting me in the space to step in, for sharing so wholeheartedly. And really the only question I have left is kind of a practical one, which is if the listener now is thinking, wow, I'd love to know more about this human. I'd love to connect with them. I'd love to follow her. I'd love to get involved. Where would you send them to do that? You can find me um, on Instagram <laughs> at Sufi C, S-U-F-E-Y-C. Although I um, may change that username at some point because I have a new lost name now. <laughs> I'm Sufi Bachman now. And um, my website is www.sufi.love. And that won't change. So that might be the best place <laughs> to find me. Yeah. And I offer journeys for the feminine soul into the deepest aspects of our psyche. And I have an upcoming journey, January 1st, 0101. I'm a big numbers fan. <laughs> I'm really into numerology. And that's where we'll be diving into the root chakra, Muladhara, which is developed between the ages of womb to two. And this is what really governs our ability to have, our right to have, and our capacity to hold what life bestows upon us. Thank you so much, Sufi. And 
I wish you so much the best in your path and thank you for coming on the We Are Already Free podcast. It's been a real privilege to, to sit and connect with you today. So thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. What a gift. Thank you again to Sufi for gracing us with your presence on today's episode of the We Are Already Free podcast. You can find links to Sufi's course Human at alreadyfree.me forward slash human and links to the course as well as her Instagram, etc. at alreadyfree.me forward slash 020. That's alreadyfree.me 020. Thank you for being you, dear listener. I think it's so amazing that you are the only you that will ever exist in the entire distance of the infinite universe. Well done, you miraculous being. See you next week. Please do visit the show notes alreadyfree.me forward slash 020 for all the goodness and to check out Sufi's course further. I'll see you next week. And remember, we are already free.